0: You are, you
1: are now tuning in to Reformed Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. <laughs> Practical
2: theology and the draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for. Because this is for so
0: This is Reform Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez, alongside with my brothers.
1: This is Justin Corona.
0: And. What up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. And gracias for tuning in. Don't forget to hit us up at ReformRaza.com. The website is back up now. Dang. So go ahead and, and hit that uh, on your search bar on Google, on saf- Safari, or wherever you're internet explorer is that mm-hmm. <laughs> Rasa.com. go ahead and hit that link and you will be able to listen to our episodes right there we're also on apple on spotify on stitcher and everything don't forget if you're listening on apple Podcasts, hit that five star like button leave a comment and do what you gotta do and when as we're talking about the website we have our merch on there now Justin. Well, just one shirt, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> merch is merch. <laughs> go ahead and fill this in, Justin.
1: Yeah. So on the website, you just click it. if you're on your computer or even on your phone, you could just go to the tab on the top, click merch, and it'll send you to where you could purchase our shirt for right now, and it'll send you to wrathandgrace.com Yeah. So we're excited about that. We uh, we have made a partnership with Johan, who owns Wrath and Grace, and and so right now we will be on our merch will be on their website so you could go ahead and, and go there for right now we're, we only have the one the the main logo which is Reform Rasa, which is more than a podcast it's a movement Word. there you go dang. What mic drop dang for real so yeah you could go ahead and, and, and hit us up on there to to get the the shirt that you would like there's only one shirt, so <laughs> <It's two. just laughs> I didn't know how to say it yet. Yeah, we just have the one shirt, so go ahead and get that if you if you would like. Go ahead and once you get that, put it on, take a picture, send it, tag us, yeah, and we'll uh, blast you up. No, just <laughs> we'll jump you in the game. Yeah, shout out to Johan,
0: man. Shout out to that brother. That brother has been
1: um, very humble in yeah. the situation. So, and Thanks also too this past weekend was reformation weekend yeah shout out to the dead reformers (laughs) they can't hear us but nonetheless we will join them one day yeah but as we celebrated reformation day we also had a soft launch for the redeemed project radio that we are part of which has actually been a long time coming for us. Yeah, man. Actually, it's actually really short. It was only within a matter of four months of just a, a first discussion, all the way till now. It's already launched and it's on, and it's live and on air twenty four seven. So that was on Reformation Day with our soft launch. Um, but right now we're just we're just doing all the fine tunings. Anything that that you guys have any suggestions for us? Anything that you would like to hear more of, hear less of? Anything like that? You could go ahead and email. Redeemed Project Radio at gmail Or you can email us Reform at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we will be able to uh, see where we could adjust things during this time.
0: Yeah, so the dope thing about the, the online radio station is twenty four seven. So if we can't sleep at night and you're just trying to stay up, go ahead and Play that radio station is going to be on Sundays is dope because Sundays is is, we're going to play Sermons from urban pastors man If you were listening today um, They played uh, a sermon Like two sermons from Pastor Aldo Leon He's out in Reconciled Church In Miami Florida Uh, Pastor Chris Hernandez From Ecclesia in in Dallas Texas We had him on He's from uh, Solacast You know what I mean Um, We did an episode in season one about election. He was on there. So, I mean, it's it's dope to see how, you know, this is a nationwide kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like the people behind it, you know, we got dudes from Bakersfield, from Nevada, from Texas, um, East Coast somewhere. I don't know. Florida. Florida, yeah. Somewhere down there. But it's just dope to see what God is doing just in the urban community because there's an awakening. You know, coming up if Urban people, whether it's blacks or Latinos Come in to reform theology the modern reformation yeah. And the urban reformation, man yeah. Urban reformation, that's, that's a dope title The raza reformation <laughs> That's why that's why reformed raza Not just a podcast, it's a movement Join the rebellion Shout out to Alex the Rebel <laughs> But yeah, dude now,
1: What are we going on? What's the conversation today going to be about? So today we're going to be on gospel-centered sermon. Um, If you remember from first season, we talked about the Christ Center family, Christ Center Church. Christ Center Church. Um, Today we're talking about gospel-centered sermons. Uh, So, of course, as always, we're going to be going through scripture. We're going to be answering a couple questions about what a gospel-centered sermon is. And I think one of the first things we we are going to talk about is what is the essentials of a sermon. First, what is the gospel though? And we're going to talk
0: about gospel-centered sermon. Then, what is the gospel? Then, what are we what are we listening for then? Mm-hmm. I would say just the the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. If you guys, life, life, death, burial, resurrection, all that is the gospel, right?
2: Yeah, we always we always seem to miss out on the life of Christ mm-hmm. In the gospel. Yeah. always focusing so much on the death, burial, and resurrection, but it's also the life that is imparted to us because none of us can live a perfect perfect life. Yeah. Jesus Christ so mm-hmm. The life is very important
0: Yeah So when it comes to The essentials of a Gospel center Sermon wh- What would you guys say wh- What is something that Has to be in a sermon
1: I think the first Point would be uh, A Point Well yeah For for a gospel center sermon It 100% needs to point To the gospel mm-hmm. um, And you know even with teachers and preachers who who go through the word and even do verse by verse or whether it be a topical, whatever it may be, a gospel centered sermon will always point back to the gospel of Christ. So even in a verse by verse, I mean, our church, our pastors, as they go through verse by verse, they always make it a point to point it back to Christ. Uh-huh. and. You know and you could do that with a number you I mean wherever you're at in the bible you could always find a way to do that and and i and and that being an essential especially for a gospel-centered sermon because we always have to recognize too the difference between a sermon and a teaching yeah because the one the the main difference is that a sermon is before a congregation before the church body and so when we are in a church service when we are gathered together with Um, Fellow brothers and sisters at church, we also recognize that there are also visitors that come. Uh And so it would be a shame to the the pastors, the preachers, that they give this full, you know, in-depth study, verse by verse, but never lead it back to the gospel. When that is the very reason why we bring visitors to church, so that they can hear the gospel preached. So one of the essentials will be that 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 it would have to point back to Christ and the gospel So that when the visitors do come they will hear the gospel call I mean granted we should be preaching the gospel to people we invite but nonetheless It's something that we need to continue to hear even at church. I think the scriptures itself
0: Is very gospel-centered, you know when you talk about the whole scope of the, the story of the Bible, what is, what is it telling it's telling that God came down to his creation, Jesus Christ, and walked among us and paid for the sins, lived a perfect life, paid for the sins of, of sinners, and died and resurrected so that we can have eternal life. So, from Adam, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, that's what it's setting up. Since the book of Genesis is setting up the creation, how the man fell. How man has departed from God and how God instituted uh, these um, uh, this system in the Old Testament of a shadow of what was to come in the future. So the Old Testament is a setup for the New Testament. When the New Testament is here, it shows the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and what is our response to what God has done. And then the latter part of the New Testament is for the Book of Revelation, where it's the the, the culmination of Jesus Christ coming back for His people. So it's not going to be a hard task to point back to the gospel, because essentially that's what the whole Bible is about. It's a gospel Bible. So if you're not pointing back to Jesus, then you you miss the mark. You know what I mean? So I say the essentials also. We can't
2: miss this very, very important point of a sermon. The Word of God. (laughs) 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 Kanye (laughs) West. Kanye (laughs) West. He came out with that interview with, with, with what's Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah, and, and what did he say? many preachers nowadays just read a scripture and then toss out the Bible, and, and they're putting too much sauce on, 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 on the sermon. But he says, "I need the meat. I need the Word of God." And it's funny thing because we laugh about it because it's like, "Oh, well, obviously the Word of God," but but nowadays people are doing that. They're just reading a scripture and then throwing out, not literally, but but in their message, they're they're throwing out the Bible. Yeah. And not having the importance of the word of God, because this is what I have come to find out as, as we as we grow in our Christian walks, that the gospel is for everybody. The word of God is for the believer, but but the gospel is for everybody. So even in your sermon, people need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the word of God, because I, I'm going I'm to I'm read this scripture. Romans 10, 13 to 18 says, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved That alone right there, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're not preaching the gospel, you're not preaching Christ, ain't nobody going to get saved. Ain't nobody going to... Um, going to come to the Lord because they must hear the words of Christ and they will go on to say, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, um, good news of good things, however, they did not heed the good news. For Isaiah says, "Lord, who has believed our report?" So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. And so that is important because even as unbelievers come, they need to hear the word of God because it's not essentially, we're not the heroes of the the whole sermon or anything. We always must lead back to Christ. And it's the Holy spirit who tugs at the uh, unregenerate's heart. And then through the message, which uh, God uses to bring people to, 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 to his, to his, to, to salvation. And the believer who comes must hear for, uh, must continually hear the word of God. So they may be encouraged. They may be challenged, but this, the essentials. I'd say is the word of God. You can't you can't just have a sermon without the word of God, and in your preaching in the sermon, it must be based off of the text, the the main point
0: of of, of the text. You're bringing out the text and and encouraging the people through the word of God. Yeah, and I've seen that way too much, dude. Especially in Latino churches. I'ma keep on saying it. You you they just. Pick uh, a portion of scripture now. I, I, I think there's room sometimes for topical preaching. Sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what would be the situation, but if the situation were call for maybe there's something going on in the church or whatever, and you know, you're just preaching, it has to be a biblical doctrine though, and then you can like point to different portions of what. But if you're just picking a scripture here and picking a scripture here, like these two don't even like go together, you know, like exe- exegetically, like that that right there is already an indication that this is not a a, a real like preaching, preaching. You know, what I mean, you're just inserting your thoughts into the scripture, using the scripture to back up what you say,
1: you know. Yeah, because then the the sermon just becomes an event that happened in your life And you're just using Mm -hmm. the scripture to try to play into it Yeah, exactly And you turn that into a sermon instead of it being a gospel sermon
0: Your testimony is not a sermon You are not David (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing That's another thing right there Is that too many times you hear you have to be a David
1: Or you have to be a, a Nehemiah Or you have to be Moses And like, what? I don't know. So I think that brings up that second point, too. Right. Of the essentials, because that the other point would be that Christ is the hero.
0: Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. So within within a gospel centered sermon, as we are talking about the gospel or wherever we are at in the Bible, um, a a good uh, highlight for us preaching or teaching, sharing the word is to always remember that it is Christ that is the hero. Um, We see that in scripture, but too often we play ourselves into the the role of the hero when really we are not. We we are always often the scared Israelites cowering before um, Goliath. We are the, um, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but we are always those that are either cowering in shame or those that are um, prideful that Christ has to knock back. And the hero will always be Christ Because it always foreshadowed The Bible foreshadows Christ And that, in the Old yeah. Testament and the New Testament Points back to him
0: and I think that's why it's important for an essential To be exegetical right To go verse by verse And chapter by chapter Because if you're doing that You're going to see the whole scope of what's going on And when you're studying um, It's going to reference to other portions That are going to help out with this portion right here So you're going to see who, what the text is about Who is it talking about And what's going on and You give the historical background You give the context And that way you don't miss out on everything So in the central, it has to be exegetical Verse by verse, chapter by chapter And in that, you'll be able to see What is actually going on in the text And you'll be able to be able to point back to Christ Because that's basically what the whole sermon should be about well, even Jesus, when talking to his disciples after after the whole, you know,
2: the resurrection he's with the, the disciples showing him his hands. Look, put your finger through my hands to see that this is this is actually me. There was a moment when uh, in chapter or in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, when when Jesus uh, comes to his disciples and says everything from from the prophets, Moses, the Psalms, everything is leading to me. Uh-huh. I'm the fulfillment of the scriptures, and the Word of God says that that He opened their eyes to understand the scriptures, and and you're gonna be able to see this through, through the Book of Acts, where everything they taught everything that they were preaching, every every sermon, everything was leading back to Christ about how he is the fulfillment of the law. That, yeah, David, I'm um, going back to your point, Justin, that that's not about you being David. It's about Jesus is the greater David. It's about that Jesus is that greater Moses. Jesus is greater than all of these shadows that, that, in, that were in the Old Testament. Now the New Testament reveals the fulfillment of the scriptures, which is Jesus Christ. And so you... You have to you have to go exegetical to understand what scripture is saying about Jesus. What is scripture saying in your life to the glory of, of, of God? What, what what what's in the scripture saying about Jesus and and, and of course it's gonna have to be the, the practical side as well, but ultimately every scripture is leading back to Christ for his glory and his glory alone. Because I feel like too many too many times, because I've been behind I'm behind the pulpit before. And even me uh, in the beginning stages of when I was preaching, I would preach in a sense to get the glory to me. So it wasn't about the word of God. It was about to say for me at one time, it was like, I want to hear the people say like, oh, look, he did a good job at preaching. Oh, he did a good job. And what I didn't realize is that God was not not the one getting the glory, but I wanted to in a way steal that glory. By not preaching exegetical Not preaching what the scriptures say about Jesus But once I come to the revelation of that We must preach Christ We must preach the gospel We must preach from the scriptures So that ultimately People will come to the knowledge of who God is And so that the the believers may be edified And grow in their
1: sanctification All glory to God alone Yeah, so so that third point that you brought up, Martin Was that proper exegesis of the scripture of the word and you know j- just like how you point out victor like even when when you preached and and you know there were times when i was you know by by grace of god i was able to you know preach o- preach over the sanctuary a number of times and in and, and it's unfortunate because i could recall some of the things i taught uh, you know in the past years before coming to a sound uh, knowledge of the word and then even to what what i taught more recently and there would be a vast difference in what the point of the sermon was Mm -hmm. and and when i look back it's it's almost it's disheartening because no one told me that i wasn't preaching a sermon about christ i could look back and i could think about it and i'm like man i did not but no one was able to tell me. And that's the danger that that falls in with when you're not properly exegeting the scriptures, you are endangering yourself as the preacher because we who teach and are ministering the word are held at a higher accountability before God, because we are now get, we are now, we will now be given account to whom we are teaching. And where and where we are leading them in in a sense of what we are teaching them. So if we are not teaching correctly, we are unfortunately either like how it says in Second Timothy, we are either leading them to more and more ungodliness, or we are edifying them to pursue Christ all the more. So yeah, so that's blood the danger on your hands?
0: You have blood on your hands.
1: I, I hope, <laughs> but you know what? I I'm, I have peace with God and. And his sovereignty, it's and I don't need to burden myself <laughs> with that. No, but you know,
0: that's what it, you and that's a good
1: thing about that too. Yeah. Though, yeah, that, and the man, like, that's how you get it from
0: the scriptures, man. That God has paid for your sins from past, present, and future. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing about that.
2: No, yeah, I was gonna say that you bring up a very good point that nobody wants to talk about. That it's very dangerous to preach the word of God. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. wants to talk about that and, and some teachers will be like It's easy to preach the word of God It's easy, I can do it No, no. You, A person who says that it's easy to preach the word of God Does not know the dangers that that you're facing Because even James will tell you that Not everybody should should want to be a teacher Knowing that you'll be strictly judged By God not, not by the people, but first and foremost by God That you will be judged for the things that you say And things that you do not say Behind the pulpit It's a very... It's a very dangerous thing and I, and I love it how Pastor Chris Every time he goes up he, he, When he prays He says you know, you know Forgive me for 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 not preaching The word to God As I should cause, Because he acknowledges I'm, I'm a fallen creature mm-hmm. But you know But you have given me This holy task Of preaching yeah. your word And you know Forgive me for not Preaching it as I should Even as I'm preaching right now I mean I think That fascinated me Because that He understands Like this is This is the word of God This is the pulpit This yeah. is People are about to hear your words, and they will. E- you will either be glorified or you will be blasphemed. But there's there's dangers
1: in preaching the word of God. I, I think yeah. what opened up my eyes to that was I was listening to a sermon from Paul Washer, and I, and I remember he was saying that I need to preach the word of God in its full because this may be the last sermon I preach. Uh-huh. And 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 he instilled. Well, just listening to that, just just. It, it, it stuck with me because it's true and and, and that's what I think that's, that's that was during the time when I was coming more into Reformed theology and I was reading more um, soundly into the word uh, that that there was now this this push on and tug on, on me that as I teach I need to do it as if this is the last sermon out that as if as soon as I walked down from the from the, the, the pulpit, If I were to collapse and die, that I'll be in in, in good standings as far as before God. I need to preach as if this will be the last time people will hear my words. And so when when you have that type of approach, you won't hold back the word of God in its fullness. No matter who is in the audience, it could be your family members. It could be anyone that that is in the congregation. But if you're preaching as if it it is the last words that, that your family will hear, you will preach it fully and boldly and even um second
0: timothy in chapter 2 verse 1 says you then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in christ jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also share in suffering as a good soldier of christ jesus no soldier gets entangled with In civilian pursuits Since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him That's very critical right there His aim The aim of the preacher Should be to please the one who enlisted him Which which is the Lord Yeah If you're seeking man's approval You're going to preach in ways that You're going to want to get the crowd's approval And that's very very dangerous This is an athlete It's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules it is a hard-working farmer who who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. So what is the culmination of that right there? Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, as preached in my gospel. That's the whole point. What are, what are we entrusting? Other men, too, like in the in, in in congregation. What are, what are, uh, are the elders, uh, the pastors, uh, the deacons? What any position in the church is that their gospel center, that they believe in the gospel, that that's what's gonna. The elders are gonna hold accountable the pastor for preaching the gospel. That's that's a, that's a whole other thing to have elders who hold the pastor accountable, but that's very important. And then later on in the portion it says. Uh, Do your best to present yourself To God as one approved A worker who has no need to be ashamed Rightly handling the word of truth And it says But avoid irrelevant Irreverent babble for it will lead people Into more and more ungodliness And that's what you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. About that And that's that's, man Like how we said earlier right now Pastor Chris from, from our church He says um, the privilege in his prayer, he always says, "The privilege you have gives me in this most holy task to preach Your Word." It's like, dang! Like, do we hold um, preaching that high up that this is no joke? As as the the pastor or the preachers going out to the pulpit to present the word of God to the people, of God, he will be held accountable for what he is saying. In the book of jeremiah when the the false prophets when they were giving the word of the lord quote unquote and saying nah god's not gonna doesn't want no destruction for you he wants good for you he wants prosperity and what did guys say those guys are false because they're teaching according to their own vision according to their own minds the things that i have not said so when the when the person goes up there behind the pulpit and he's giving his own thoughts and depending and leaning on his own strength or his ability to stir up the crowd and you got people clapping and and Christ is left out of it how do,
1: how do you think that's going to sit with with the lord well one of the things that you that you just mentioned about the prophets it it reminds me in the, in the when the prophets spoke they would always say thus saith the lord and and mm-hmm and they would they would no doubt mention whom this word is from it would be from god so that when when people were listening they would know who it is that is speaking to them and where the message is coming from and in that it would draw people in in reverence before god and his word and what he is instructing the people when when we go up to teach and, and and preach it should be in such a similar way as well Though we are not saying thus saith the Lord That when we teach It should be something that as if this is I mean this is the word of God I mean in a sense
0: that's what thats what The the pastor is He's I mean not in the whole Full sense but In the, in the same kind uh, of how, how would I say it Like relevance Like he is the prophet To the people speaking the word of God You know to the people Just like
1: example, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. Because when we when when we're doing that, we're we're basically pointing back to to God in our words. So, however we speak in our sermons, and and however we teach and the things we say up on the pulpit, it would give an image to those listening of who that God is that we are talking about. So, if we're doing a whole sermon, and and you know we may use some scriptures here and there but we're we're preaching and and teaching of of a god that is not found in scripture as as to the point of, of what we're talking about now which is exegesis right if we're not doing it properly and we're building this image of a false jesus a false god then then we are not doing the work properly this is why when the prophets went and spoke they said this is the word of the god this is the word of the Lord." Thus saith God, this is what he says. And, and the image that you were to draw from it is that he is holy, he is faithful, and he's gonna do a work. He is the standard, he is gonna lead you. Most of the times was always, I mean, it, it was always Israel. Because they always failed, but nonetheless, he would continue to keep his covenant, he would always remind them that he's the God of the covenant, that he will keep them nonetheless, and he will bring them out. And whatever they were to go through, he would he would nonetheless hold on to them that he would not let them go. And so they continue to build this image from it. But I mean, are we doing that when we're teaching? Are we building and and cultivating the image that, that the word of God is presenting before us? Or are we giving them an image of our own lives with sprinkled with scripture? Are we doing that little salt bay? You know, the, you lift up the finger, you start sprinkling scripture over your life. <laughs> is that what we're preaching? Or are we preaching the word of God and it's a fool? Exegeting it properly, which is like how you mentioned with context, referencing mm-hmm. correctly. You know, otherwise, then we're going to read Jeremiah 29, 11 and think that God's talking to us. <laughs> I mean, there is application we can take, but ultimately it was too Israel in captivity Yeah exactly I mean in exile In exile
0: Yeah
2: Yeah The thing is When we come to church We need I need I need to ex- uh, Explain the importance Of this That We need to hear The word of God As someone who's Been behind the pulpit And now As someone who's Who's, who's in the audience I, when I come to church, I need to hear the, these words of God. I need to hear the real promises of God. And I need to hear the rebukes that come with it. And all that comes through exegetical uh, uh, preachings. Because what 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 happens is through these exe- exegetical preachings is that the audience or the person who's seen the word of God, they're hearing what god is saying through the scriptures what god is trying to tell his people and it's kind of like not not go and practice this this is what god god is trying to say and even i mean man even when we get to books like 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 the book of hebrews you when it's exalting about what jesus has done done and everything about how jesus is your high priest and when we don't know a lot about who jesus is what he has done what what he's gonna do we kind of we kind of don't want that we don't have that desire to to pray cuz it's like we run away from God when when actually the book of Hebrews says come to the throne of grace with confidence knowing that he suffered just as you have suffered, he's been tempted in all kinds of ways. He is your high priest. He is your king. He he came in the form of a man, the God man, Jesus, and he came in. The emphasis on the life of Christ that he lived that life. He lived through those sufferings. He lived through everything, and then now he is exalted, sitting at the right hand of God. And now you can approach the throne of grace with co- grace, with confidence, knowing what Jesus has done. But if you don't go exegetical through the through these uh, books in its context, you're never going to know who God. God is and the emphasis is, is going to be on you. You have to do this, you have to do that, and when you don't, that's when you turn away from God. It says, I did everything, but my life hasn't changed. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, exegetical preaching is very important.
0: But then you're going to have those hermanos y hermanas that are going to be like, Sabes together, man? Man. <laughs> <Man>? Sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to You don't have to go exit Where in the Bible Does it say That you have to go exegetically Show me a scripture Cause you got those people That are always gonna be like that And I would be like Well The first Sermon The first gospel sermon Was preached on the day of Pentecost Shout out to all my Pentecostal brothers (laughs) Peter He gets up It may not be a church service but he, it, this is always referenced as the first gospel sermon. So he stands up and he, he, and what does he do? He gives an expository exegetical preaching on the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. So that's, and that's his, that's his first, uh, Sermon right there that he, he 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 quotes from the book of Joel and says this is what's happening, this is how it's, um, this is what God is doing, this is what He has done, and this is the application, and this is this there this has to be your response. And so at the end of that, you know, like, oh, what are we, gonna, what should we do then? And then he gives them believe, repent, be baptized. So that that whole portion right there, go. That's in Acts chapter two. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna say, where is it in the Bible? Right there, we have that example right there with Peter giving an exegetical sermon on the day of Pentecost. The first gospel sermon was a verse by verse exe- exegetical preaching. I would say even to uh, however you
2: want to pronounce it, Stephen, Stephen, when he, he was getting stoned, stoned, he yeah. does it too. He goes through the history yeah. of of the Old Testament to the point where where he mentions, you know, he of, goes through the, the whole, he goes story through whole history. And then he comes down to Jesus and says, and you have crucified this Jesus. <laughs> and the Pharisees didn't want to hear it. So what did they do? They stoned him because they didn't want to hear the word of God. And Hebrews 4.12 will go on to tell us that, that the word of God is living, inactive, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul, spirit, both joints and marrows, able mm-hmm. to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So when when the Pharisees, they heard the words of God, they heard this what else could they do but kind of like close their ears like we don't want to hear it. i, yeah. I had a conversation with someone earlier how how, the, how they tore off their clothes because they didn't want it. that's how bad they didn't want to hear it. they tore off their clothes they they, they cover their ears and what did they do they, they stoned uh, stephen or stephen because they did not want to hear the word of god but it, it will go both ways whether it be three thousand souls coming to christ as, as peter did mm-hmm. or you getting stoned for preaching the truth because people will get offended when you hear, when they hear the Bible, because the Bible is offensive, it is the truth, and you'll
0: you you'll you get stoned like stuff maybe. I, th- I think it was Paul Washer uh, who, or somebody who said, "The problem with preachers today is that nobody wants to kill them." Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's true. Yeah, I mean, like if you if you if you like just take whatever your favorite mega church pastor doesn't matter who it is. Would, would you say that If that sermon was preached In the first century Do you think he would get um, Attacked or rebuked for it I think we gotta ask those, those questions Like is this Is this the type of sermon That
1: the apostles preached You know whatever I think they were get attacked and rebuked from the apostles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was
2: thinking that right now too,
0: for real. Because you, you you did have people preaching like that. Because what, what do we see today in in, in mega churches? Motivational preachings, self self righteousness, and what it really is, It's a self centered, um, man centered approach to the scriptures. To the point is, yeah, God wants to help you. But you know, this is what you gotta change. This is what you gotta do. Now keep the dream, or uh, wait for the miracle. And and when you start your business, and 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 you do this, and you do that, and God's there to help you. He he he's just your little helper. But you're the one making the dream happen. You have to. Everything's about a dream and a vision and miracles. That's all you hear today. Or your relationships. Or relationships. I mean, I mean. It's, I'm, when you read Through the scriptures Is that what you get Like God wants to Fulfill your dreams Like I Crickets
2: No No, no. <laughs> Like I, don't, I, 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 I can take a verse And make it say That it's about
0: my dreams But it's not That's not even gonna happen Because look When Look This is something That's crazy too That these mega churches They'll mostly preach From the Old Testament You know Like they'll get A, a story And and, you know, Nehemiah, build the wall. Well, what what are you building? Are you building up a wall of shame or a, a wall of unforgiveness? You need to tear down that wall. And you need to be a Nehemiah. It's like, w- what is the application here? Like, they're making, like, it is this story an allegory. Like, like the wall represents something. And, and you have to, like... What am I doing? Like when you see when when uh, uh, John Gray says you you you're David, you know? Like, like, what does that mean though? Like when you think like think reality. Like, what does it mean if if I have five stones and every stone is I'm throwing, you know, my anxiety away. I'm throwing depression away. It's like, what does that actually mean though? Like, how do I apply that
1: to my life? and i think you're leading to that fourth the fourth point of uh, the essentials which is application
0: Mm -hmm. if we get an allegory like what am i actually supposed to do with that like do you understand what i'm saying like like they'll give you a uh you have to be a daniel and you have to be uh doing this and it's like how do i do that
2: like for those who are listening, you got to go check out Matt Chandler when he preaches at, at Stephen Furtick's Church. Yeah. Where all the comments is the first time the, the gospel is actually preached. <laughs> but, but, no, <laughs> but 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 what he says in that sermon, though, in regards to what you were saying, Martin, because if you hear today's preaching, yeah, it, it's motivational. It's about you, you're David, and you're this. And I've, I just love how Matt Chandler, when he was getting into it, he goes to finally like, you fling your stones and then and now what? Like you fling, you fling your stones at, at, at the
0: Goliath and Goliath is still there. And now what are you gonna do? And he says you you sling you, you sling five stones and you're gonna miss five times. Yeah yeah yeah. Then, he, he says that you're gonna miss five times. And, and now
2: what? And then and then he, he ends up he ends up with that sermon that says the point of of David and Goliath is that Jesus is the greater David and he conquers Goliath, which is represented as sin and death. He conquers Goliath on the cross. And he says, "Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, gonna want to emphasize yourself in the story, Jesus is gonna be David, Goliath is gonna be sin and death, and who are you? You're gonna be the little Israelites that go, oh, he's gonna kill us all.' It's like that's exactly who you are. But just how, how bold Matt, Ch- Matt Chandler says it—I mean, I always, I always love that clip. But but in reality, that 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 is the truth. That, that uh, we're the point is that we're we're not we're not we're not David or anything like that. It's not about motivational uh, speaking." But it's about preaching the word of God and, and, uh,
1: and, and it's applications as we're going to get into Yeah, so, so yeah, like with with application As we're talking about gospel-centered sermon Application is basically for the listener What is the point of this sermon? So if, we're, if we put ourselves back into the uh, congregation We are asking ourselves, what is the point of this sermon? What is uh-huh. the preacher trying to convey to me? Through the scripture what should my response be after listening to this sermon and so this is something that the preacher needs to keep in mind while giving and, and studying and, and preparing the sermon is after i go through this verse or these portions what am i trying to lead my congregation to do what should i lead them to respond and how should they respond um through certain things otherwise it becomes the difference between a preaching and a teaching Uh because a teaching is, is basically that, I mean, we could watch teachings all day long. It's a classroom. It's a lecture. It's, you know, I I could give you, you know, all this theological doctrine of the word and all that, but if I'm not leading you to a call to action, if I'm not um, giving you an application that you, the listener are able to take home and able to apply to your home, your life, your daily walk, then I'm just giving you a teaching that you could just take in and, and, and memorize as a type of head knowledge. But that's where the, the that's where application comes in. It's supposed to lead the sermon from your head to your heart and to your hands, right? To where now it it goes into a full circle. It shouldn't stay in, in just your head. It should move towards your hands. Ultimately at the end to where now you're demonstrating what you know, you're applying it to your life. And so when we go into a gospel center sermon, there has to be an application. So if you're listening to a sermon, ask yourself, what is the point of the sermon? If I'm listening to, uh, you know, just going back to the same example, if I'm listening to David and Goliath and my takeaway, my application is that I'm David. And I think I'm, I'm probably even alluding back to Matt Chandler, what he was talking about. But if, if my application is that I'm David slinging the stones to Goliath. What happens when that doesn't work and I feel like my anxiety is pressing on me and I'm not winning this battle? What do I do then if I'm supposed to be David and I'm supposed to win? But I don't feel like that. What am I gonna do when my life is crashing before me? I have, you know My parents passing away. My sister passes away um, I don't know I fail school or I I, I I lose my job, but what am I gonna do then how am i going to apply the word of god if i'm supposed to be david in that situation you see you see where 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 a miss um miss uh uh, an incorrect exegesis exegesis leads to an improper application that's why they need to go hand in hand and so that's why a proper application comes when there's a proper exegesis of the word And so that's why most (laughs) in the reform circles in the new there's, or even just people who are just biblical (laughs) in in their teaching, there's always going to be an application of run to the foot of the cross, go before Christ, cast your, your anxieties, your, your cares, your burdens, everything unto Christ. And he will be lifted high. He will be exalted. He will help you through that as a child, he will be that He will not leave you nor forsake you during those times. You will go through trials and tribulations because they will come and they are necessary. Right? The word of God will tell us. But he will be your strength in your weakness. See, those are the applications we should be taking. Not, I will conquer it myself.
0: Yeah. And I, I believe this wholeheartedly. That the leading cause of depression and anxiety in the Christian church is making church preachings. Because that's what they do. They focus on on. They lift man up so high, and what you just said right now, Justin, is like, well, what happens when, when when reality hits and like I'm not, it doesn't work. They're gonna lose quote unquote faith that they had, or they're just gonna go deeper into their depression or anxiety. Because although they may not realize it, they're they're focusing on their own strength. They're being taught to focus on their own strength, and they're missing out on Christ. So when you, you have to make this shift from man, centered to Christ-centered, because when you focus on the gospel, when you focus on what Christ did, all of a sudden your your things that you're struggling with aren't so big anymore because God is bigger than those things. And so when you when when you're focusing too much on on man. You're gonna, man. It's deadly. I mean, you're gonna be the preacher has will have blood on his hands on Judgment Day for incorrectly handling the Word of God. That's what Second Timothy just said. You know, um, handling the able to 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 teach, able to preach the Word. And when that doesn't happen, man, it's, I'm sorry for you, buddy. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to
2: applications i think it should be motivational when i when, when i'm talking about motivation is not motivate you to live a, a better life or, or like uh motivate you to to live your best life now or anything like that no it should motivate you to to those who come in hurting and hear the words of god it should motivate you to run to the feet of cross feet of the cross not to not to run away but to run to him it should motivate you to to live uh, in that progression of sanctification in your life to the point where it's like i don't want to sin i i want i want to be more encouraged to to follow christ or or should, or should motivate you to 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 worship worship god i mean those good man there's times where i've heard a sermon and i'm just like i have no motivation to do anything not even self-motivation i have no motivation to do anything but then when i when i hear a gospel centered sermon, it just moves me to, to, to want to worship God, to want to live for him, to, to be more sanctified, to be more holy, to be, uh, um, more, uh, evangelical, to be more about good works because that sermon just hit, hit the heart so hard, but it's causing me to, to want to do more things for God. And so I think that the preaching of the sermon should not F- take the focus on self-motivation and I can do this, and I can do that, but no kind of like putting your hands out, no, God I'm living for you now, I want I want to live for you, I want to live holier I want to live more godly life for you in holiness and in sanctification so when I'm talking about motivation I'm talking about it should motivate you more into the things
1: of, of God it should motivate you to do more and more for God instead. I, I think a, a, a instead of motivation, I think a better word would probably be compel there you go, compel, biblical word <laughs> and, and, and I think I mentioned before on the podcast, some episode of the three C's um, that that I I <clears throat> when it comes to application, I always look towards, and and even here when 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 there's a proper application, it will lead you to one of the three C's, which is it will either lead you to conviction, to comfort, or to compel or to be compelled. It will compel you, conviction in the sense that if you have been living a life that is not worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It'll lead you to conviction as far as to repent, right? A sermon should, should lead a person to repentance. The second one being comfort. If you're going through trials, if you're going through a hardship in your life, a a, a gospel would lead you to be comforted by the word of God because he, our heavenly father through his word will comfort us. And, and some of us that may be going through a hard a hardship a trial whatever it may be it will lead us to comfort maybe in that season I mean it's not meant for us to go out and 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 evangelize to everyone but maybe in that season we are just called to be still and just be comforted by his word to be reminded of his promises so that we could later be led towards being compelled to go and love neighbor to love enemy to go in and, and preach to other people so th- that's where I see uh, the, the applications of where it should lead people.
0: Yeah, because there has to be a response. You know what I mean? And as I mentioned earlier, the first gospel sermon that Peter preached, what was the response of the people? It was probably conviction, but, yeah, and, but it wasn't. But what they asked, yeah. what, what, what must we do then? That, 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 that should be the question like, okay, so what, what do I do with this, with the sermon? And what does Peter tell them? Repent, Yeah. believe, be baptized. So the, the the preacher should not only tell you what the application is, but how to apply it too. Yeah. Because if we're left just with a bunch of information, it's like, well, what do I do with this? And and I think it's um, you said a line uh, earlier.
1: You wrote it down. Gospel-centered. Um, oh yeah, that's the <laughs> fifth. That's the fifth essential. I would I would add. <laughs> It's, it's one of those things where it's like There are four things that are essential to the sermon Five that are better no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but,
0: That's what I'm meaning to Because
1: you, okay, yeah, Well yeah you alluded to it earlier When you were talking about elders And, and, and the role of elders But uh, I would see the, the fifth essential part to a sermon Is basically a gospel centered sermon Begins with gospel centered leaders
0: Gospel centered leaders Which uh, produce, produce Gospel centered people a gospel centered congregation You know There's this brother At our church Who always asks us Hey brother What did you get From the sermon He's like Whoa Caught me off guard Right there <laughs> Wait a minute What did I get <laughs> You mean I had to pay attention This whole time Did you not I, pay attention To the sermon I didn't know There was going to be A quiz about that I do not know There was going to be a test No but that's good And that was, that reminded What you, what you yeah. said A gospel centered Uh I forgot. gospel the <laughs> sermon begins with
2: gospel-centered leaders.
0: Yeah, and gospel-centered leaders are going to produce gospel gospel-centered people. To the point where the, the the after the sermon, you know, there's fellowship, right? And what is our fellowship and conversation going to be about? The gospel. It's going to be about scripture. It's going to be about oh well, maybe with the sermon. all, oh, you know, like how the pastor just said. You know, this and this and that. So that's what it should produce. That should be the fruit of the sermon that produces gospel-centered people to the point that we're talking about Jesus after the sermon is
1: over. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not about the game or the movie we watched yeah. last week or Mandalorian. Episode uh, one,
0: <laughs> season two coming out already. Oh, that, but Spider-Man. Made made it is out already. Out. It's already
1: out. <laughs> no, but uh, in Titus two one, um, it goes on to say, "But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine." And then mm-hmm. as we continue to read down to verse 7 it says show yourselves in all respect to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us Uh, paul is, is showing that our teaching and how we conduct ourselves go hand in hand so if we're if we're preaching, and and you know, we may be on the dot with gospel-centered preaching, but if we are not ourselves gospel-centered, if we are not um, in accord with the Word and, and 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 applying the Word of God to our own lives, we're we're doing nothing. We have to show ourselves in all our respects to model good works. We have to show teaching. uh, What does it say? It says, in your teaching, show integrity. How are you going to show integrity in your speech, right? Because Paul is addressing something further than just preaching the gospel, that we have to live it out. We show integrity by who we are outside of the pulpit, outside of the church building. So furthermore, we have to be living a Christ-centered life or as Paul will go on to say in another portion, that our lives will be worthy in a worthy manner of the gospel of Christ. And so that's why, you know, we see in first Timothy and second Timothy, he puts an emphasis uh, when, when addressing Timothy, when he sends him out that, that there is, there is an emphasis that needs to be made on eldership, the leaders of the church. There's an emphasis on the preachers and the deacons and all these things. Why? Because if we are not living out the things we are, we are um, preaching, it goes back to what was it, uh, James, that our faith is dead. Our faith is dead if we are not, um, if they're not hand in hand with what we're doing. So in order to to, to marry the two, we have to live in, with integrity. We have to live as a gospel-centered people.
0: Yeah, in this day and age that that, that we live in. That's what's missing, man. That's what totally was missing is that we need to take it back to the gospel, because unfortunately the gospel has been taken out out of many sermons, you know. And, and that's why on on the Redeemed Project Radio, we want to highlight you know urban pastors that are preaching the word, that are doing the work in urban communities. Every Sunday, we're gonna have gospel-centered preachings on there, because that's I mean. I think the urban areas kinda get hit harder with all that all that um uh, you know motivational speech or dream talk or whatever because you you have people who are hurting and people don't think that the gospel is what heals anymore. People think, Oh, okay, we we we, we already preached the gospel, now let's move on to something else. Nah. Maturity, sanctification, growth All that dedication to the Lord All that comes by going deeper into the gospel I mean, think about it The scripture says that the angels marvel at the gospel These are beings that are, are in the presence of God 24-7 And yet they marvel at the gospel Because it's so its so Powerful. It, it shows the love of God. It shows the sovereignty of God. It shows all the attributes of God on this one event that took place. And as we dive deeper into the gospel, we'll dive deeper into our faith. And as we dive deeper into our faith, we're going to be unshakable. No one is able to shake us. And although trials come, although, you know, the worst of things come. We will not be shaken because the the word has been firmly planted in our hearts. And that's the power right there. To take a wicked person who is dead in his sin. Comes to hear the gospel and is completely transformed. How are we going to depart from this transforming power that comes from the gospel? And if, if the gospel transformed a person once. Is going to keep on transforming the person Being molded and shaped into the image of Christ So the pastors want want to see a growth I'm not talking about numbers I'm talking about people who are Who are dedicated in serving the Lord The deeper you dive into the gospel The more people hear the gospel The more dedication there will be Because that's just the power of the, the gospel That's the power of the word of God the transforming power that that changes people completely. So if you want, you want, you want growth, you want you know, to strengthen your church, you give them the gospel all the time. I'm so I'm so blessed, dude. Every service, dude, on the Sunday liturgy, when, they, when we take the time to of, of silent confession, and then the elder he goes, beloved, hear this: Jesus has paid for your sins. Past, present, and future I need to hear the gospel Every day Because I sin every day And I need to be reminded So when I go to church I mean, we're not going to have the fact that we sin But yet, if we're in Christ Know this That he has paid for your sins Past, present, and future that's comforting to me yeah, Just going back to, to what both of you are saying
2: right now Because gospel-centered sermons Start with gospel-centered leaders I want to read the scripture And 1 Timothy 4.16 says Pay close attention to yourself And to your teaching Persevere in these things For as you do this You will ensure your salvation for both yourself And for those who hear you And it starts with uh, Preaching to yourself first Before you preach to the congregation And you want to make sure that Am I, do I really believe this? Am I compelled by this way? Because if the preacher himself is not sure of what he believes, of what he's preaching, the congregation ain't going to believe it either. Uh-huh. The preacher himself must believe these things, show it by his life, and others are going to be, as Justin said, compelled to do the same thing because they see the preacher who's preaching, they see his life, and they're compelled to do Uh, basically the same thing so so a shepherd must take care of his flock because preaching is one thing pastoring is a totally different thing um but but you know pastoring is not just preaching it's about it's about your your whole lifestyle and and caring for these sheep and and caring for 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 the flock as as a leader as a shepherd and hearing those words of comfort by by the elder know this that your sins uh, have been paid for on the cross and so the, the thing I want to ask those who are preaching is do you really believe this are you truly compelled by this and does it show by your life so that even Paul would, would, would tell the leaders um, to make sure that that even those outside of the church respect you that even those outside of the church would like it and say this, this is a godly man that, that, to have that testimony in your life and so you know, going along with the gospel-centered sermon starts with gospel-centered leaders. I, I'd ask the person who's preaching,
0: are, "Do you believe this stuff? Are you preaching to yourself before you preach to others?" Yeah. We need to go back to the gospel. You know what I mean, and everything that we do, let it be gospel-centered, so that when we go to Sunday, we'll bring that person who who we've been ministering to, so they can come, and you will will be one hundred percent sure that our pastor is going to preach the gospel. And the person we invited to church Will hear the gospel Like you said earlier just, and What a shame that we bring someone to church And, and they don't hear the gospel
1: That's a it, shame it, It's like in the, uh, uh, what's the what's the American gospel documentary mm-hmm. How one of the pastors Was talking about uh, an experience Where he brings a friend And, and that day when the friend comes He's going to hear 10 tips On how to be pure Pure yeah to be sexually pure Mm -hmm. not even hearing the gospel message and it's like that 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 is it's it's disheartening for 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 people who want to bring visitors when they're not sure if the pastor is going to preach the gospel that service it may be something motivational but but it has to be gospel centered and and you know that's where we feel the call to even want to do this type of episode and and even just this podcast in general we want to see things um, draw closer to being biblical and being biblical will lead to gospel-centered sermons if if we're biblical in our in our teaching in our studies uh, it, it will it will do things correctly the way that god has ordained them to be a moral centered preaching is a wicked sermon if you're just getting
0: morals out of the pulpit without christ that's self-righteousness. Jesus did not come for the self-righteousness. He, he came for the sick. So let's not be moral. Let's be gospel. And not moral. <laughs> Meaning being immoral. <laughs> let's not just be moral. On, uh, say
1: that again. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm going to cut that portion out and then put it out on the internet. <laughs> I'm leaving this not edited. So uh, you, know what I mean. you heard it here, folks. Martin Velasquez, don't be moral. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna plaque that up all over the Instagram and story. We're gonna make shirts that say "Don't be moral," <laughs> and then it's gonna be a picture of Martin Velasquez when he wakes up, his way, his morning face.
0: Hey, I don't have any hair, so it's gonna be the same, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but yeah, man. So gracias for tuning in. This is Reform Plaza. Don't forget to hit up reformplaza.com, dot com. Get that merch. Um, shout out to Wrath and Grace. And you know man Go hit up that Redeem Project radio man It's gonna be on and popping We're gonna be more stuff Hey Little spoiler I'm, I'm gonna say There's gonna be Exclusive shows on, on there That's all I'm gonna say shows gonna Exclusive
1: that, shows Exclusive shows man There's gonna be some Live DJ scratching here. Something you don't hear today
0: What you, what could Man,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was. You you, you want to try that again? You could try that again. I thought that was (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Just stop. That's not a DJ. That's funny, That's not a DJ, yeah.
0: No, what I was going to say, man, is I forgot what I was going to say. So this is (laughs) (laughs) ReForest.
1: Go ahead and leave us a five star review on Apple podcast you could go ahead and check us out on spotify download the episodes because it helps us with the internet algorithm where people want to see our episodes more uh all that fun stuff but yeah you know where to reach us at go ahead and do that follow us as we follow christ we do this to glorify god, god through man. the implication of
0: the saints come on man that's come your on, one man. line at the end <laughs> of every episode we didn't put out an episode yesterday it feels like forever yesterday last week yeah and it feels like forever so Yeah so rusty.
1: apologies to to you guys the listeners uh we've been busy. Not, yeah th- these past this past month generally has been just a pretty busy month for us mm-hmm. um but yeah thank you guys for bearing and enduring with us grow as we grow as we continue to grow yeah and
0: we do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints there good. You go. good job
2: Come on, man, come on Peace, later
3: Soli Deo Gloria Yeah Once again It's the church, man Called and collected There's a lot of confusion about What makes up a healthy church So we're going to look at the first mark Because without this one you're in bad shape. Let's You're do it! You. Yeah. With our raps we adore our Master and Lord Jesus Christ who deserves all our claps and applause yeah. for the wrath that he bore at the cross for our blast from his thoughts and the classless acts of a whore. He gave up his life with a passionate roar, yeah. was raised up to heights where he sat at before. After this all, he gave pastors the call to ministry found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1 and 2, what I first want to do is come to you the church to reverse a funny view. So let me ask a question, what's most essential, what is it that gives us local churches' credentials. Some would say music. Some would say deacons. Others say reaching the lost and soul seeking. But if we want to give God the glory in our meetings, the most important thing is expository preaching. Where are the wet Where are the Spurgeons? Preach the word. Preach the word. We need sound theology to deal with reality. Preach the word. Preach the word. We got enough rappers. We need more pastors. Preach the word. Preach the word. We need explanation and deep application. Yeah. The yeah. word. We we the word. Yeah. This verse right here is for the congregation. This is what y'all need to be listening for Yeah, let me explain what I mean It's not too complex uh-uh. It's preaching God's word in its proper context As you listen, be discerning What you have to determine What's, what's the point, point of the passage, the point, the point of, of the sermon? sermon? If not, this problem must be confronted today Cause he just used the Bible to say what he wanted to say what? And even if it's delivered with fire and intelligence That's basically making what God has inspired irrelevant Instead of applying the word's realities A lot of pastors relying on personality, personality But give sub communication Can never be a true replacement for the Holy Spirit's illumination Without exposition, you'll lack major profit All you'll get is tradition and your pastor's favorite topics And that can be a slippery slope The word should be giving you hope, this dude is just giving you jokes That won't help you love Christ, it won't help your obedience We need more expositors, not more comedians But shepherds who labor in the text then faithfully connect you to the Savior then wait for its effects God gives the increase. Holiness, love, unity. The word faithfully preached builds up the whole community. If not, your Sunday meal will not last. And you'll have to supplement it with the podcast. Don't entertain us. That won't sustain us. Preach the word. Preach the word. Instruction, yeah. not a big production. Preach the word, preach the word. We don't need theatrics and mansions, tactics. Yeah. Preach the word, preach the word. We're on the brink yeah. of eternity. Please speak earnestly. Preach the word, you gotta, preach you gotta. the word. This verse right here is for the pastors. I just want to encourage y'all, man. Yeah. Y'all should be mindful of this devout thesis All of the Bible is about Jesus The Old Testament, Jesus Christ concealed The New Testament, Jesus Christ revealed This truth of the Lord Christ boldly conveyed this In Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus The law, the prophets, and the teachings of apostles All of these point back to Jesus and the gospel So if the work of Christ is what the word is about Ultimately, that should be what the sermon's about Forget applause, you got to Let the cross rock ya. All roads in the Bible Believe in Golgotha Whatever the text Faithfulness demands yeah. That we should hear The echoes of nails Hit in his hands Don't try to be original Say the old story And watch your people change As they the behold glory The glory yeah. of Jesus We yeah. need to see yeah. this Preach the word Come on. Preach Come on. the word yeah. Make Christ yeah. the center yeah. So new life can enter so Preach the yeah. word We got Preach the yeah. word Give us the whole council Along yeah. with the gospel yeah. Preach the word yeah. Preach the word yeah. This is your duty Show us yeah. God's beauty yeah. Preach the yeah. word. We gotta preach we the gotta. word. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's the charge. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells Timothy, he charges him to preach the word. And yo, it's a lot of good resources out there, you know what I'm saying? Spirit empowered preaching by my man Art Azertia. christ centered preaching by Brian Chapel. The Supremacy of God in Preaching by John Piper. Get these resources, man. More than anything, dig into the Word of God. Meditate on it and give it to your people. Grace and peace. Yeah.